This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 297.5, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two amazing memoirs about people who've experienced crime firsthand, albeit in very different ways. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week, I kept returning to an amazing memoir that I read in January that I cannot stop talking about. And then I realized that it paired pretty well with another amazing memoir I read last year. Um, But before we get into this episode, I do want to give listeners a heads up that I will be discussing um, sexual assault and gaslighting. So just to be prepared. All right. Here we go. So my first pick is The Less People Know About Us, A Mystery of Betrayal, Family Secrets, and Stolen Identity by Axton Betts Hamilton. So this is the story of Axton, who grew up in rural Indiana in the early 90s. Her father was a farmer and her mom was an accountant. And she was the only child. And she grew up pretty isolated from friends and family starting at about age 10. Because that was around the time that her parents realized that their identities had been stolen. It started out with just noticing missing mail. And then all of a sudden their utilities started being shut off. And because they lived in such a small town and everyone knew them, they didn't take it super seriously at first. They just kind of, you know, would go talk to the guy that they knew down at the electric company to get the um, power back on and, and stuff like that. But it really just got worse. So it went from, you know, suspecting that somebody was stealing their mail to outright realizing that somebody had stolen their identities. And so remember, this was in the early 90s. So identity theft was certainly happening, but it wasn't very well publicized or understood or known. And there weren't a lot of laws in place to protect victims of this fraud. It, in fact, wouldn't be until the late 90s when it became a federal crime. So Axton's parents reacted by just sort of shutting down and um, not quite denying it, but really just 
not actively investigating or pushing for anything to happen. They just became really suspicious of everyone, even their own family members, and they severed contact with friends, family, just anybody. Axton was told that she wasn't allowed um, to have anyone on their property. And if she noticed anybody had like entered their property or, or came up to the house, she was supposed to tell a parent immediately. It even got so bad that um, when she was a kid, a sheriff's deputy came out to arrest her mom for passing bad checks, and they had to explain the whole situation to convince him not to arrest her mom. So Axton grew up fairly unhappy, very suspicious of everyone. She graduated from high school and she went to college, and she thought she'd finally escaped her sad home life until she went to go get her first apartment and get the lights turned on, and the utility company told her that her credit score was so bad that she would have to pay an extra $100 in order to get service. So that was the moment that Axton realized that this person hadn't just stolen her parents' identities, but hers as well. And that had had been happening since she was 11 years old. So this was a huge turning point for her. She filed a police report and she began trying to just assemble all the information she could and untangle this huge financial mess that she was in, you know, not by her own fault. But it was really hard because if any of you have ever been a young person starting out, especially a young person who doesn't come from a lot of family money or money at all, It can be very hard to establish yourself as an adult without a credit score. Well, imagine trying to establish yourself as an adult with a 10-year-old, horrible, tanked credit score. It was difficult. So as a result, Axton became very curious about identity theft, and she went on to get her master's degree and a PhD, and she became an expert on the subject, um, especially in the topic of child identity theft. Um, However, during this like 10 year period of discovering that her identity had been stolen and then getting her PhD, um, she was never able to figure out who was at fault for stealing her her own identity, although she had a lot of um, suspicions. So I'm just going to give you a heads up now that I'm going to reveal a few spoilers for this book. And the reason I'm doing that is because Axton has actually been very forthcoming and pretty well publicized about who is at fault in the media interview she's given. And she's gone on to a lot of podcasts. So if you don't want to know, just skip ahead in the podcast. You can go read the book and discover it for yourself. But I'm going to talk about the next part of the book. So it turns out that Axton didn't find out who was responsible until after her mom died of cancer. And it was in like the grief stricken days after her mom died that she discovered that it had been her mom the entire time, which I have to confess, I did start to suspect while reading, but it still blew my mind. So the second half of this book really becomes an investigation into the how and why her mom did this and all of the ways that her mom misled her father and Axton. And it's just astounding to read about all of the sleuthing that Axton had to do and all that she was able to uncover about her mom's spending, her secret lives that, you know, she had secret identities and multiple, you know, relationships on the side. And like this big question of also like, where did all the money go? Because there's a huge amount of money that Axton was unable to account for. And so at this time, like Axton is shifting from grief to anger as she's processing everything and helping her father um, and herself just kind of set up a new life and reckon with everything that had happened. So this was just such a compelling memoir. Axton is a very good, clear, and forthright writer. And her story is so unusual, but it's a really fascinating look at a family and how secrets get buried throughout the years. So I highly recommend it. Again, that is The Less People Know About Us by Axton Betts Hamilton. So my second pick is probably a much 
better known memoir, but I have to shout about it because it's just extraordinary. And that is Know My Name by Chanel Miller. And if you are unfamiliar with Chanel Miller, she um, was better known as the Emily Doe in the Stanford sexual assault case from a few years back in which Brock Turner was found guilty and sentenced to only six months in jail. Just saying that still makes my blood boil. So Chanel is pretty well known for her victim impact statement, which was posted on BuzzFeed and went viral. And if you read that statement, you know that she's a gifted writer. Her memoir is nothing short of breathtaking. For someone so young, she is so immensely talented and insightful. And I'm certain that, you know, she would have always been able to publish books and we would have always been able to read her wonderful words. But I think it's really incredibly brave of her to share her story with all of us. So this memoir begins by laying out what she remembers of the night she was assaulted, and it follows the immediate aftermath. For Chanel, it was almost never really a question of whether or not she was going to report the crime and press charges because two men cycling through the area um, by the scene of the crime actually witnessed um, it happen. And so they immediately reported it. And Chanel kind of came to afterwards with just the knowledge that this had happened to her and that the police were investigating. Um, but she didn't really remember the incident super well. So she talks about how it was really difficult to believe in the immediate aftermath that this had happened to her and how she really tried to keep it from everybody. Only, I think, her sister knew at first. She, I mean, even she kept it from her parents and she was living with her parents at the time. But navigating the legal system and that investigative process became really overwhelming and a bit too much for her to deal with on her own. Um, she ended up leaving her first job out of college because she she just couldn't be somebody who did a good job at work while also dealing with all of this. And she was finally starting to tell the people in her family. And it was just so emotional and, and tough because not only was she struggling, but it was tough for her family to process as well. So the process of getting justice after a sexual assault is so much longer and so much more arduous than I think I really realized um, before reading this book. And so she talks about, you know, navigating the official process of talking with police and investigators and prosecutors, but then also how she dealt with it personally and in her own life. And she always emphasizes that she's just so much more than a victim. Um, she is somebody who has a family, who has a boyfriend, who has loved ones, who takes art classes, who has ambitions. She had a job. You know, she just had so much in, going on in her life. And it was really sadly just in a lot of ways derailed by having to spend so much of her own time and emotional effort and money even to make these court appearances and depositions and really cooperate with this investigation. So she really talks about the art that sustained her. Um, she took art classes. She got into comedy. She began writing. Um, and she's also very honest about her mental health struggles. So when her case went public, you know, particularly when the sentencing was read, she talks about how people's response and anger to only six months in jail for a guilty sentence just really gave her the strength to move forward and share her story. And especially how heartening it was to see like the local organization in her own community for recalling the judge that passed that horrible sentence, which ironically was actually organized by somebody who was quite close to her that she knew personally, but who had no clue that Chanel was actually Emily Doe in this situation. So her writing's just so powerful. I read this book on audio, which I highly recommend because Chanel narrates it herself. 
And it really, her performance moved me to tears at times because you can feel the emotion in her voice, especially when she talks about the effect that this had on her beloved family, but she never breaks down. I think her strength is so commendable, and I highly recommend this book to everyone because Chanel really illustrates that sexual assault and the way our society responds to it is is very messed up, and it is our collective responsibility to figure out ways to do right by people who survive this horrible crime. And I think that first step is understanding what these survivors go through. So that is Know My Name by Chanel Miller. I highly recommend it, especially on audio. And that's it for me, book nerds. I hope that you're all staying safe and cozy this weekend, especially as it's very snowy in many places throughout the U.S., and that you are, of course, well-stocked with books. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, give us some love, leave us a review. Um, It helps other book lovers find us, and we really appreciate it. And thank you so much to our amazing sound editor, Jen Zink. If you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and sassy cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back next week on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations next month. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend.